0: Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to the Weeds Are Wild podcast series as a part of Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Tommy Butts, Extension Weed Scientist with the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. On this week's podcast, we're going to be discussing um, some salvage weed control options, basically as we're getting later into our weed control part of the growing season, Uh, just trying to finish out our our weed control in our different crops and uh, some recommendations for us to do that. Um, So that's kind of what we're going to hit on this week. Um, just jumping right in, the very first one I kind of wanted to hit on that I've probably get, been getting the most calls on is basically barnyard grass or or other grasses in general and, and some salvage treatments to try and get that uh, under control, both in rice uh, but also in some of our other crops too. Uh, I know Dr. Uh, Larry Steckel and, and Tom Barber discussed uh, grass control in some of our other crops last week and just the problems that we're seeing. Uh, And so we've been getting a lot of calls on grass control this year across our different crops. Um, You know, initially in rice, that's where I want to start. You know, I've been getting a lot of calls there where we're going to flood or we're at flood. We got a bad barnyard grass problem, a bad sprangle top problem, something along those lines. What can we use that's uh, that's you know a home run hitter to kind of get all of this cleaned up? And really, the best salvage treatments that uh, that we've seen in our research plots has been doing a combo of either Rice Star plus Regiment or Rice Star plus Beyond slash Postscript if you're in Clearfield or, or Full Page Rice. Uh, both of those combo treatments have looked really great in our research. Now, it is expensive. I mean, we're talking, you know, probably $60 an acre there for those treatments. But if we're in a salvage situation where it's either get that grass under control or lose the lose the rice, it, it's, it's definitely been very good for us in those aspects. Um, You know, if we don't have a lot of grass pressure out there, if we're not super dense, you know, all those kinds of things, I might, you know, yield and save some money then on on some of these things. So you always got to balance some of those decisions out there uh, on whether it's economical or not. But definitely if you've got a bad, thick population out there, it's big barnyard, you need to get it under control. These have been a couple of really good treatments for us in research. Um, One of the things I did want to hit on, too, with those treatments is I've gotten a lot of questions. Well, should we do that pre-flood or do that post-flood? And what's interesting last year in our research was uh, we actually saw that we got a little bit less control, per se. It looked a little weaker when we sprayed it pre-flood versus post-flood. So we actually looked like we got better weed control post-flood. Uh, From those applications, which kind of ties into always to the fact that we say, you know, you need some moisture for those to work. You know, those those weeds are a little bit less under stress when it's, you know, got all that moisture to it. It, It's probably the herbicides are working a little bit better then. But what was interesting about that was even though we got what we would call better weed control post flood. At the end of the year, our yields were better from our pre-flood treatments. By knocking out that weed pressure sooner and having less competition a little bit sooner, we actually ended up with with a little bit better yield. So I say all that to say, you know, typically I've been recommending let's get it out there pre-flood. Even if we do lose a little bit on the weed control front, it looks like we, we get better yields on the back end, which can save us economically now that was last year this year is a whole nother ball game when it comes to the environment we are a a lot hotter than we were last year we're in a much more severe drought than we were last year that could be a whole different ball game this year we may want to lean more towards the post flood where we have some more moisture those weeds are a little bit more actively growing Uh, but in general like I said if if you were especially let's say if you're in south Arkansas where you caught some rains earlier you know this weekend earlier this week kind of thing it might be one of those things I'd be I'd be doing the pre-flood rather than the post-flood knocking. Out those weeds, you know, a little bit sooner because it may save us on our yield. So I did want to mention those treatments as far as rice goes; they've been great, uh, both barnyard grass and sprangle top salvage treatments there. Um, In soybean and cotton, you know, there's not a lot of different recommendations that we can go down. Uh, You know, Roundup is still likely our best option uh, at controlling our different grasses that we have out there. Uh, You can mix Roundup and Liberty together, especially if you're in the Enlist E3 or Extend Flex, you know, soybean traits uh, or cotton traits. Um, you want to make sure that, uh, obviously, you don't mix Roundup and Liberty if you have just the standard extend soybean trait out there. But mixing Roundup and Liberty together has been real good for our grass control. Um, you also could mix Roundup with Select, uh, you know, or Clethodim, and, and you got a couple different modes of action out there, too. The only, you know, caveat to that, I always say, is make sure to use your— full rates. Don't don't cut your rates on either one of those because that's not beneficial at all. So make sure you're using full rates if you do um, have that mix. Uh, the other thing, especially, and 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 Tom and, and Dr. Stuckel discussed this a little bit last week too, but with some of the hot conditions we've got, we do have a, a pretty high variability in our, our spray waters that we have out there. You may consider adding ammonium sulfate or AMS into that tank too, just to help um, you know, with some of those hard water concerns or tying up some of those cations to make sure our herbicides are free and available to do their job. Um, and normally AMS is fairly cheap addition to the tank. So again, it might just be a, a reasonable, uh, safety net to kind of help us out there with some of these applications and maybe gain us some extra control as well. Now, along these lines, I did want to really re-emphasize again, uh, if you're in the dicamba system, if you're in extend or extend flex beans or cotton, uh, make sure that we're taking out select or roundup out of our tank mixtures. Now, roundup and... Dicamba is an illegal tank mixture in Arkansas, so I want to stress that. It is is illegal. We can't mix those two in Arkansas. But even outside of those regulations, the severe antagonism that we see when we're looking at uh, those tank mixes, whether it's Roundup with, with Dicamba or Select with Dicamba, uh, we just do not want to be using those for weed control because of our loss in, in that weed control. And just as an example, we had a trial down in Roar last year uh, that we sprayed with uh, a tank mixture of, uh, well, we did the individual components, glyphosate and dicamba, and then we did a tank mixture of those two in a, in a couple small plot research studies. And just as an example, with pigweed control, if we were looking at dicamba by itself, uh, four weeks after application, we had zero pigweeds in that plot. Uh, If we looked at dicamba plus glyphosate, we actually had 11 pigweeds per meter squared. So, you know, in a three by three foot square, basically, we had 11 pigweeds because of that tank mixture. Uh, if If we look at barnyard grass control down there, if we looked at just plain glyphosate, nothing else in the tank, we had zero barnyard grass plants in that meter squared. But as soon as we did that tank mix, we all of a sudden had nine barnyard grass plants per meter squared. So that may not seem a lot, but if you you start thinking about a three foot by three foot square and you've got uh, 11 escapes of pigweeds and nine escapes of barnyard grass versus zeros, if you could make those applications by themselves, that's a pretty big deal. That's pretty significant loss in control just because we ran that tank mix together. So again, separating those applications out in the dicamba system is pretty critical to make sure we're maximizing the control both for grasses and for pigweeds. And that, again, applies to both Clethodim or Select as well as, as glyphosate, which again, glyphosate is an illegal tank mix partner in the state of Arkansas. I want to stress that again. So with our grasses, those are really our best options right now that we can look at uh, as far as trying to, to manage those across our different crops. Uh, Another weed that I've been getting a lot of phone calls on uh, happens to be the sedges again still. Um, you know, yellow sedge has kind of died down, but if you're still battling yellow sedge out there, our ALS chemistries are still the way to go. Permits, permit plus gambits, even later in the season, uh, I will say, you know, particularly let's say with gambit, depending on your soil type and what you're planning on planting next year, um, you know, you may want to kind of watch out for that plant back interval to, for gambit. If you're going to soybeans next year, that kind of thing. Um, so just be aware of some of our plant backs with some of these later season applications that, that might be going out. Um, and those, the permit permit pluses gambits of the world, you know, are obviously for, for rice control with yellow nutsedge. If we're in soybeans or cotton, you know, we don't have a lot of great options for yellow nutsedge. Um, you know, there, there's things like, uh, roundup plus Liberty, uh, maybe BassaGram plus roundup, um, roundup by itself. Just a single application is not great, but you know, maybe if you hit it couple different times, which we're getting late in the season here now to be trying to do two or three applications around up. But if you can do multiple applications, it'll knock it back or suppress it at least that, that your beans and cotton should be able to get up on top of it, that kind of thing. Um, I have been getting a lot of calls on annual flat sedges too, not necessarily in soybeans and cotton. We can we can battle annual flat sedges pretty easily in those crops. But in rice, I've been having a lot of calls recently uh, trying to battle this You know, right before flood or even after flood. And one of the things I wanted to mention here is I really do recommend, if possible, you know, going towards loyant in these later season situations, um, primarily because it's a systemic herbicide. So you can get a little bit less on the plant, but because it's going to move through it, you still can get a good kill. So I tend to, if possible, lean towards loyant uh, later in the season for some of these annual flat sedges. Now, I know that comes with its own caveat of things, so if that's not an option, you know, Basagram plus propanil is still a really good treatment. It just gets a lot tougher to get the coverage that we need when our, you know, annual flat sedges might be a little bit smaller than our rice. Our rice is getting big and, and getting closer to canopy. Uh, you know, we're, we're still trying to get coverage in with those, with those contact herbicides. It just can be tougher to get control when, when we're getting later in the season here, the rice is bigger. Those sedges may not be quite as big. They're still a little bit small, but they're there. It's just a little bit tougher to get full control with contact herbicides. So that's why I tend to lean a little bit away from that if I can, but still good options. Another couple options, especially when we start considering salvage type situations uh, with the annual flat sedges that I wanted to mention, um, is especially in in rice. If we go to flood, we got these things that start breaking through post flood through the canopy. You know, Loyant coated on fertilizer may be a good option in this situation. You can drop. That uh, coated fertilizer into the flood, and then you still get good flat sedge control and it reduces the drift potential. So, it may be an option how we can get Loyant out there for flat sedge control and reduce some of that drift potential. Uh, also, we do have Rogue post flood as an option. Now, that comes with its own caveats, right? We need zero grade or straight levied fields to make sure that we can hold the water. We want to have a deep flood held because the deeper the water, the better it's going to work. Uh, you know, we need to use MSO that helps heat it up, uh, a larger droplet size and more volume can help us with that application. Make sure we're getting that, that spray down to the water and not get caught up in all the, you know, the, the plant material and leaves and everything else. We need to get it to the water. So there's a lot of different things we need to do to maximize that effectiveness. But when we do that, Rogue is very effective on our annual flat sedges. And so it can be a great post-flood option to knock some of that stuff out as well. So a whole handful of options there, hopefully, uh, to start battling those annual flats hedges. Like I mentioned, if I could lean towards the loyant route, um, I really would. Uh, whether it is, you know, a, a foliar application or trying to coat fertilizer and drop it in the flood, they both should be pretty effective. Rogue post-flood is very effective. And then if I can, as, as long as I know I can get good coverage, the bass grain and the propanil still should work too. It's just that coverage issue that makes it a little bit more more challenging there. Um, so that really hits on grasses and sedges that I've had a lot of calls on there. I haven't had a lot of calls this year on on pigweeds breaking through yet. We're, you know, we're maybe still a little bit early for having to be concerned with salvage options there. But I figured I might as well hit on it while we're talking about salvage options um, in rice, you know, especially if we're talking row rice for pigweeds. Loyant is still our best option there to knock out uh, knock out our pigweeds. Again, tough to apply. uh, But if we can get it out with a ground rig, Loyant is great at knocking down our pigweeds. I will say here I just got done talking about Loyant coated on fertilizer, you know, dropping it into the flood is good for for flat sedge. Uh coating loyant on fertilizer and dropping it onto the ground, like let's say in row rice, will not work for pigweed control. So so that's not an option here. We do have to foliar spray loyant to make it work uh, for pigweed control. We can't coat it on fertilizer and, and drop it on the ground for row rice and expect pigweed control. So just be aware of that. Um, and if you want more details, too, on, on coating on fertilizer with Loyant and those kinds of things, um, Dr. Norsworthy and one of his graduate students, Bodie Cotter, did a podcast just a few weeks ago. Check that out and you can get some more details there, too, on, on that process and what's worked and what hasn't worked, that kind of thing. Um the other option in rice too is still the old standby of grandstand and propanil. Um, you know, it can do a, a pretty decent job if you're in a pinch. It's not a home run hitter per se, but it'll definitely knock those pigweeds back quite a bit um and, and give you give you definitely some burn back and, and some kill out there uh if you just need to get rid of some at least and, and that's your only other option. So be aware that it that, that still is a pretty decent option at least. Um in soybean and cotton, when we're talking there as far as you know late season pigweed control. Uh, There's not a lot to say, but the big things that I wanted to hit on, you know, if you're in the Enlist E3 system, Enlist One plus Liberty, that tank mixture is really, really good. It's really hot. It knocks out um, pigweeds really well. Uh, So doing that tank mix is pretty critical um, to to have successful pigweed control, especially if we're getting later in the season, they're starting to get hardened off, it's hotter, all those kinds of things. That's been real successful for us, uh, that tank mixture. Uh, With the Dicamba system, if you're an extender, extend flex, because we cannot mix, you know, glufosinate or liberty and we cannot mix, uh, um, you know, well, that's the main one, I guess, for pigweed control. We can't mix that in the same tank load. We really need sequentials, right? We can't rely on just a single application. So we got to have sequentials out there. And so the, most of our research has shown if we can get our dicamba out first, and when I say first, I mean now, because this is uh, our dicamba week. The cutoff is coming up here. Uh, I'm recording this on, on June 28th, and the cutoff is June 30th. So if you hear this, you have a day maybe, uh, but if you're hearing this after June 30th, the cutoff is past, and so we're probably past that point. But if you can get dicamba out now and then in a couple weeks follow it up with a shot of Liberty, uh, that has been lights out doing um, – Um, you know, dicamba, and then following it about 10, 14 days later with a shot of Liberty. It's done a really good job at cleaning up pigweeds as well. So just be prepared that you need that sequentials in that system. So again, that kind of hits on the pigweed front too that 's our you know our current best options as far as that goes if you 're outside of the enlist and extend systems and you 're in liberty link or you know uh, conventionals or anything else conventionals we're, we're really very limited in options this late in the season if you haven 't used up your p p o s yet you can try those but otherwise. You know, you almost just need a a chopping crew, which is no fun, but that's about where we're at there. In Liberty Link, if you can just still hit it with a couple more, you know, another shot of Liberty, or if you haven't used one yet, a couple shots of Liberty, that's really the route you need to go there too. We just don't have a whole lot of good post options uh, um, in those systems anymore, especially late in the season like this. So wanted to mention that on the pigweed front. Those are really the the three main weed species I want to hit on, you know, some of the grasses, the sedges, and the pigweeds. Um so those are the main things I wanted to hit on there. The one other tidbit of information I wanted to throw out there that I've been getting phone calls on and that kind of rolls into this conversation where we're talking, you know, later in the weed control portion of our season here, is herbicide cutoff timings, right? And so we're so we're really starting to hit that window a lot where we're we're getting to the end of when we can apply herbicides. I already mentioned it but just to hit on it again this week is the dicamba cutoff so June 30th is the final day that we can apply dicamba um, so if you're listening to this before or after just be aware that that, that is our cutoff there um, Also for all uh, a lot of our other herbicides you know we have cutoffs whether it's a pre-harvest interval whether in soybeans for example we have you know r1r2 cutoffs a lot of times that flowering cutoff type thing because we might be we might knock. Uh, buds off if we apply too late so just be aware we're really starting to reach a lot of those windows where we need to cut off our herbicide applications too and if you have more questions about that we do have a, a publication a handy little guide available for you it's our mp-566 it's called application cutoff timings for common herbicides um, you can get that from your local county extension office or or download it online uh, or feel free to get a hold of me and I can get you a copy as well. But it's a handy little reference guide for a lot of our different herbicides and what their cutoff timings were uh, or, or are. And then just along that, that same line of thinking, too, we do have the MP567 publication, which is the max use rates per application and per season for common herbicides. So a lot of times we're getting here, you know, we're getting to the end and we need to just finish up um, making sure that we're following those guidelines and not going over our use limits. There's a little handy guide for that too that you can check out, um, just to just so you know where you're at as far as that goes too for for label requirements on on use limits. So check out those publications. Like I said, local county office should have one, uh, so you can either talk to your county agent or get a hold of us as well, and we can get you a copy or download one from online as well. Um, they're they're free for use. So. With that, that pretty much hits on all the topics I wanted to hit on this week uh, as far as our salvage weed control kind of goes and those herbicide cutoffs. Um, As always, if you ever want to get any uh, information, please check out our website, uh, uaex.uada.edu forward slash weeds. Um, Your local county agent is always a a great source for information, so make sure to visit with them at at the county office and make sure to grab an MP44 to have on hand or download from online right on your phone. Um, Thank you to all of those who have uh, signed up for our texting service. If you haven't done so yet, please do so. We send out a lot of great info through that. Um, All you have to do is text weeds to 501-300-8883. So make sure to check that out. And then as always, if you ever have any questions, concerns, discussion points, just want to chat, feel free to give us a call at any time, shoot us a text, that kind of thing, and and we can have a discussion as well. So we're always available to try and help out as much as we can when it comes to uh, the weed control portion of your crops out there. Uh, final thing, I just again want to say some thank yous. You know, thanks to the Arkansas Commodity Boards for their their funding and support of our research and extension activities, as well as some funding I've received from the USDA NIFA and USDA ARS. You know, all of that funding helps contribute uh, to the research that drives these recommendations, uh, as well as these extension activities or opportunities that we get to do. Um, to get this information out to y'all, the general public. So thank you to all of those funding sources. Uh, it's, it's much appreciated, and again, it allows us to, to effectively do our jobs uh, to the best of our abilities. So with all of that, uh, I just want to say thank you again uh, for listening and continuing to listen to this podcast series. If you ever need anything from us, please feel free to get a hold of us. So with that, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast series on Arkansas Row Crops Radio. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.uada.edu.